Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Liberty Report. With us today, Daniel McAdams, our co-host. Daniel, good to see you today. Good morning, Dr. Paul. How are you this morning? Good. We're going to deal with money and war. Money There's and too, war. <laughs> too, too much money supporting too many wars. That's it, exactly. So let's change all that. But few people might be waking up. There's a little bit more attention. We don't have a magician at the speakership. Uh, we have a decent person. Maybe means well, but he's not quite there yet with the Liberty Report. Yeah, no, he needs <laughs> but we'll to watch make, it. we'll throw out suggestions uh, now and then yeah. about uh, what it'd be like. We did a little bit about what an ideal speaker would be like yesterday, so yeah. we got a little bit of attention on that. That was uh, supposed to be a little bit of fun <laughs> <laughs> or a dream, I guess yeah, it is. Really. But uh, the one article we want to start off with, matter of fact, we have. Uh, uh, the, the subject is all around every place. And the, the, one, the, the one is the House Republicans unveil $14.3 billion bill for Israel. Oh, yeah. So we got to do that. More this bombs. is the first time we, they, get, they get a lot of money from us. They yeah. do, yeah. But uh, Egypt gets a little bit. They get a couple they, bucks. They get, they get it. Keep quiet, make friends, mm -hmm. and keep the scheme going. But, uh, no, it, it took a lot of negotiation. It was really involved in uh, getting a new speaker. And uh, the, the speaker before, and I think we've mentioned this, uh, you know, was uh, not 100% con, uh, consistent on it, but he basically didn't like sending money into Ukraine. But I, I, would you uh, agree that he's not too bashful about uh, making sure that this $14 billion gets spent uh, for, for the benefit of Israel. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think there's any hesitation about that. No, no, no. But um, the whole thing is, is uh, there's no money in the bank, and uh, there's always some way to do it. But if you own, if you own an empire, and it's the biggest probably in history, and you have a you know, a reserve currency that has probably been the strongest of all history and maintained so much control over the world. Uh, they, uh, you know, it limps along, keeps going. But what we're seeing now are some breaking in this, you know, not not everybody. Uh, there, there were times, and you'll recall, we'd have a vote on the military uh, budget. I think four or five people would vote against it. Yeah. Now they actually have half-decent debates on yeah. this. How long, how long do we do it? They wake up, you know, $120 billion we spent for that mess in Ukraine. It was illegal and unconstitutional. So, yes, they're waking up. But I would say a little late. My argument has always been, you know, why does it take 10 or 15 years to say, you know, this isn't a very good idea. Even in, uh, even in Vietnam, there were people, uh, you know, not that very many, but they say, this gets stay away from this. This could get lead to a lot of trouble and a lot of deaths. And that was a total disaster, you know, for us. So uh, the, the evidence there for a decent society and a decent, uh, reasonable foreign policy is available to it. So to me, it's always so sad to see the conclusion. And that's what they're fudging about right now, yeah. is if we just shift this money around and all of a sudden we'll have more money if we, if we do this, put it in here and take it out of here. You know, I keep thinking, if, if, you have, uh, if you have a program, but you have to always take the money, which has been suggested, take it from something, but what if the budget is proposed at $100 billion, and you take away from the $100 billion and take it down to 80? did you really save the spending? 
you know, some people see that and yeah. maybe it could, but that's really, that really is fudging. And I think a little bit of that deception is going on right now about how they're going to get this $14 billion passed. It looks yeah. like it'll pass easily. Yeah, I mean, it's the big battle in the House is uh, the House GOP is uh, they want to split the money from Ukraine and Israel. <laughs> Uh, the administration, the Biden administration, wanted to combine the two for this hundred and some billion. Uh, now, the Senate Minority Leader, McConnell, he wants them combined. And I think it's because he sees lagging support in the GOP House for Ukraine funding. After, as you say, a hundred and some billion dollars with literally zero to show for it. And we'll talk about that later. Nothing to show for it. He wants the gravy train to continue. He knows who his donors are. Uh, and so he thinks combining them would do it. Now, Johnson, Speaker Johnson, as you, as, as you mentioned, he's in a bit of a bind because the whole reason he's <coughs> in that seat is because Kevin McCarthy wanted to slip in the Ukraine money into the omnibus. And Matt Gates said, no way, this is not going to happen. We're going to kick you out. So they bring someone in who's just as enthusiastic. You know, as we talked about yesterday, they said, well, you, do, do you support aid to Ukraine? We all do. We all do. <laughs> you know, so he changed his tune as soon as he gets the chair. So, in a way, I, I, I kind of feel like this whole thing is a charade. This is a way to put a little bit of sugar in this nasty piece of medicine that the House GOP is going to shove down the throats of the American Republican voters. Now, put up that first link because this is what we're talking about. We, we'll kick it off with antiwar.com. Uh, thanks for the great summaries. House Republicans unveil $14.3 billion bill for Israel. So they did split the two up. Yesterday they unveiled the piece of legislation. Now it would give 14.3 billion in military aid. Of course we know what that money is. It's very obvious. Good portion of it goes to US military companies. That's how the scam works. It goes to the military industrial complex um, and gets laundered back into Republican and Democrat campaigns. Um, but the thing that I wanted to ask you about uh, is about this. So here's, this, it, I'm not going to use the word, I'm going to see what word you're going to use. But so their big idea is, hey, we're going to send that 14.3 billion to Israel, but guess what? We're going to cut 14.3 billion out of the IRS. I know, what do you think about that? You know, I find it interesting because my first thought is that, boy, any, you know, if you look at it very superficially, you say, Anything that cuts money out of the out of the IRS, yeah. fine. But they still end up with fifty billion dollars. It's all a gimmick. And here they're taking money from money that is already borrowed. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know. And so I, I think it gives the incentive to make the appropriations or the pretend spending very high. <laughs> and it opens up the door. We because, you know, we even have taken a position you always have to cut someplace. And I heard Johnson saying the same thing and I think he used this as an example. But this is impure. This is this is not really cutting it out. This would have to involve literally if you have a military industrial complex budget and you actually take the money out and they have less money for airplanes that don't work, yeah. you know, and they and they cut back on the budget. They don't even consider that. It's all always a gimmick. But the whole system is a gimmick. The, the system of fiat money is a gimmick, mm -hmm. borrowing money. And uh, the dependency on it that I keep saying, the dependency of it, that depends on the authenticity and 
the able uh, the ability of the empire to maintain its stature, and uh, and that's what's that's what's happening right now. You know, I would think Zelensky is losing ground, but what about the Americans that have supported that? I mean, that war was over, you know, and uh, and yet uh, not many people. You know, the Congress is starting to wake up because the people. How much more money are we going to pump in there? That to me is also a healthy attack on the empire that they ought to stop and, and call us up and ask us, well, what do you guys think we should do about foreign policy? Yeah. Let me know when he calls. Yeah, I will. Or whoever it is going to call. Yeah. Well, you also mentioned that without cutting any specific programs from the IRS, it's just kind of a gimmick. Gimmick. I mean, yeah, it is a word. gimmick. In fact, that's my notes right here when we were talking about it. Well, let's go to that next clip because it's from the same article. And it goes a little bit more into the battle. The White House is unhappy that the GOP bill separates the money for Israel from the money for Ukraine, Taiwan, and, quote, the border. The Rules Committee is going to take up that legislation uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. Um, due to the IRS cuts and lack of Ukraine funding, this Israel bill could fail to make it through the Democrat-controlled Senate. It's one of the first to be introduced under new House Speaker Mike Johnson, who vowed making supporting Israel his first priority when he was elected. <laughs> and he has delivered on making a foreign country his first priority. But I'm going to say something, Dr. Paul, because we've talked about this and we've experienced it. I think this is a charade. I think they know that they're kind of in hot water with this spending a bunch of money with the Republican base. And so there's a little thing. We've seen these games before. What, I'm going to, what I think is going to happen is this is all for show. The House is going to put this bill in knowing that the Senate will say absolutely not. It's not going to work. And so when it gets to the conference committee and the two of them reconcile it, they'll come out with some sort of Hegelian compromise, you know, the synthesis of the two, which will be the worst of both worlds. And that will be the final vote. And the Republicans will say, well, you know, we did try. We did introduce that bill that separated them. But at the end of the day, who's not going to step up and support our greatest allies in Europe and in the Middle East? There's no way. You know, the uh, gimmick also that they use is we'll give you this money on condition that we know where it's going, but we never monitor it. You know, we're <laughs> yeah. not allowed to do it. But uh, there was, listen, that, that, there's an effort here. And in the article of uh, Congress headed for slowdown on Zero Hedge, said that uh, uh, in, in, in particular, there were, if they want to hand them, a, when we hand them the money, we're going to hand them a list. Yeah. And the list is interesting because it was written by Mike Garcia, I think a very decent person, because it would be nice if we could do this. It's a hint of what we should do. It informs Biden that Congress, uh, written by Mike Garcia, informs Biden that Congress won't authorize any additional funds for Ukraine unless now this is this is this happens this yeah. is, unless the administration answers a dozen questions about the path forward. Wow, you mean to know what we're doing and whether it's a real war and when it's over and what is the goal? Yeah. Okay. So now we want we're asking questions. Chief among them, how Biden and Ukrainian President Zelensky plan to win the world against Russia and how long it might take. You know, <laughs> a little a little bit uh, a little, too little too late. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it won't won't work. But uh, at least there. And once again, it may be your cynical approach. This is just for the people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they're they're gonna they're gonna ask questions now before they give it out. But uh, how many questions will they ask on the 
you know, uh, the, the entire budget. How, how many questions will they ask about uh, profiteering in the military industrial complex where it doesn't do anything for our national defense? Yeah, well, we've seen the, we've seen the movie before on this, too, because they're going to go back to the constituents and say, well, we did not give them a blank check. We asked some very <laughs> tough questions, and they gave us some very detailed responses. And the detailed response is, is going to be some dweebs in the State Department writing 40 pages of blah, 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 complete in their delusion. Uh, you know, that's what it's going to be, and they're going to be able to come back and justify this vote to their constituents. And we, this is the article we're talking about, the other one, which is a good compliment if you want to read up on it. This is from Zero Hedge. Um, it is Congress headed for showdown over Ukraine and Israel funds, as Massey and Green say. Now, I think show, showdown, Dr. Paul, makes it unnecessarily dramatic. I don't see a, I could be wrong, I don't see a big group in either party voting against this. I don't think there's any question that this is going to pass. Uh, if you go to the next one, this is what you were talking about, Mike Garcia. And I wonder where he's from in California. I should check that out. Um, he's from California. Yeah, I wonder what part. Cause there's uh, a, the, the Republican part. <laughs> <laughs> there's not much of that left. <laughs> but, okay, so how they plan to win the war against Russia. You're right. I mean, okay, how about asking these questions <laughs> maybe a year and a half ago, you know, instead of, but this is what we, I mean, this is what we, we see over and over. We saw it with COVID, we saw it with, with Iraq way back then. You get the uh, public worked up into a frenzy. You know, remember last, you know, when, when the Russian uh, invasion first started, everyone was worked into a frenzy and no one, there's only one or two we know of Senator Paul who said, hang on a minute, why don't we just check and see where this money's going? But everyone else, remember, they just bulldozed him for saying that. And the same thing now happened with the Israel thing. It was there's only one side to the story. We've got to rush and give them money. And then you know, as I which we easily predicted, in a couple months people will calm down a little bit and say, now wow, it wasn't as cut and dried as we thought. You know, and same with COVID too. We got to give Fauci unlimited power to control our lives. And oh wait, hold on, a bunch of people died from the shots and this and that and the other. So it's this crazy kind of thing where hysteria seems to, to run the game here. It also is a reflection of the power of the propaganda machine because uh, the people didn't know much about it. There's still a few don't even know where Ukraine is, yeah, you know. Oh yeah. So when, when this came out, you know, what did they hear? Nightly, this yelling and screaming. Who's coming? Yeah. <laughs> He's and delusion coming. is a common frailty of the people when it comes uh, to <clears throat> listening to the propaganda, especially if there's something in there for them you know in some somewhere they will either they'll throw some bones you know to the people they'll it's good for jobs yeah. you know uh, the, we, 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 we don't even send that money overseas we send it directly to Boeing or yeah, somebody yeah. Else. and uh, it's good in that and that's another reason why there's such a discrepancy between you, you know some people getting richer and some people getting poor yeah absolutely well, I just want to do a couple of things because we, we've got to get some credit for Marjorie Taylor Greene, who we know is a mixed bag, but she, she tweeted this out yesterday, or she posted on X yesterday. Uh, she said, I'll be voting no on all funding packages for the Ukraine war, as I have from the beginning, and now the Israel war. We've had over 10 million people illegally cross our borders and spied into a coffers, and we're over $33 trillion in debt. Uh, and and well, I'll just cut it off there. So she says, no way. I'm not voting for either one. And Thomas Massey, uh, if you go to the next one, we showed the, we showed the um, poll yesterday, but he says, this week, 
The House will vote on $14.5 billion in foreign aid package for Israel, in addition to the $3.8 billion that already passed. I will be a no vote. Less than one-third of the 49,000 people who responded to my poll yesterday support this additional funding. We simply can't afford it. And after he did that, he was attacked by you-know-who. Put it back. The next one, APAC is furious. And the, here's, how, here's how they do. Here's how they play the game, Dr. Paul. First of all, they um, completely slander the so-called squad. And this is AOC uh, and um, uh, Rashida Tlaib and uh, uh, Ilan Omar and the others as being in the bag for Hamas. Now, I'm not defending them. They're, they're, not, they're, they're, they're certainly not our cup of tea. But when you say that they're pro-Hamas and then someone like Thomas Massey comes up and says, I'm not going to vote for this bill for these, that, and the other reasons, which we talked about, I think, on Monday, uh, APAC comes out with this statement, instead of standing with Israel, Thomas Massey voted with AOC, Rashida Tlaib, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Massey and the squad, you, know, you see how they do that, slandering him, oppose supporting Israel, oppose condemning Hamas. And Massey responded appropriately, if you go to the next one, he said, instead of distorting my intent, why not post the reason I gave for voting against HRES 771? And he posted his whole statement, which we read, I think, yesterday. But he starts his statement by saying, I condemn the barbaric attack on Israel, and I affirm Israel's right to defend itself. So I know this is a long way of saying it, but this just goes to show how APAC demonizes someone uh, and basically lies about his statement and what he said to try to hurt the guy. And, you know, some guy in Kentucky is going to say, hold on a minute. I put Thomas Massey in there because I thought he was a good guy for us. <laughs> He's with that AOC. He's been there too long. <laughs> you know, so it's just disingenuous. You can have a good, solid reason for voting against this aid. And it doesn't mean you hate Israel. It doesn't mean any of these things. So I just think it's a shame they did you, this. You know, I hate these half uh, arguments they put up because it's, uh, you know, just thrown out there to antagonize and precipitate anger at people like Thomas. Yeah. But uh, the, the one cliche that they use, and it's half right, and that is, does Israel have a right to defend itself? I think I have a record that shows that one time I defended Israel and nobody else did. Yeah, that's right. You know, because it was, it was the principle. They have a right to defend themselves. But what is always implied is just like Black Lives Matter. If, if Black Lives Matter, nobody, it, it implies nobody else's life matter. Yeah, what right. they're saying is Palestinians have no right to defend themselves. Yeah, that's what it and, says. And that's what, what, what they're, they're saying. And, but nobody, you know, you never hear that on, a, on, on Face the Nation or yeah. something. I mean, what, what about, do, do Palestinians have any rights? But evidently, and I think it finds a bit interesting where, where this arousal on the college campuses and a number of people yeah. around the world. And uh, I, I would have, uh, you know, month or so ago they say you know what's going to happen there's going to be an invasion and and they say palestinians are going to finally say enough is enough We're, we got to get out of our prison yeah uh they, they will be uh, you know crucified and they have been 
to a large degree, but I'll tell you what, uh, you know, there was a lot of people, and I guess they come from different angles. They probably don't see it exactly as we do, but maybe it is uh, the recognition of, of the fairness thing, yeah. because that, that maybe, maybe the world uh, understands that uh, they have been mis, uh, uh, mistreated, mm -hmm. you know, for a long time. So uh, who, who knows, but it's, it's uh, still pretty messy over there. And I guess the thing that Biden's worried about, and he ought to, is the war expanding. Yeah. He's doing everything he can to do it, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he's not trying to stop it because most of the time the wars expanding get very bad after we get into them. Yeah. There may be a border fight, but look look at the Ukraine. There was a debate over there. They had an election. They had a leader that leaned toward Russia. And uh, and then we got involved. Nope. What have we done? <laughs> Spent all this money. How many, how many, palace, uh, how many Ukrainians have been killed? How many Russians have been yeah. killed? You know, uh, so, you know, the United Nations, these international groups and, and our empire has led to a lot of problems. And if you say that, though, you better be prepared because yeah. they might say, you don't sound like a good American. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that, that's because you guys have dis, disowned the, the one thing that was good for America, and that's our Constitution. Yeah. You don't pay any attention to it. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue into Ukraine because... Everyone is talking about this new Time Magazine article that just came out. Everyone is talking about it. Um, and you can put the cover, this is the cover. This is a world apart from what we just saw uh, earlier this year, and I will show that next. But here is Time Magazine. There's a picture of Zelensky, a tiny little Zelensky at the very bottom. His back is turned towards us. He looks like he doesn't have a friend in the world. The uh, title is nobody believes in our victory like I do nobody and that nobody is large it makes it sound like nobody believes in it except him uh, the subtitle is the lonely flight the lonely fight of Vladimir Zelensky now contrast this that just came out with their Time magazine cover in January of this year go to the next one here's the contrast Man of the year, person of the year, Vladimir Zelensky, the spirit of Ukraine. And there's all the flags and the sunflowers and the troops and everyone is around him. And it's a glorious moment. So he's gone from this in the middle, looking like a saint, really, like how they did with Fauci. And now to this little guy at the bottom of a screen. Uh, so it is a, you know, Time Magazine has always been kind of the house organ of the intelligence world. And I don't know if it still is, but it certainly reflects um, the mood of the elites when it comes to foreign policy. So I'd be worried if I was him. Maybe there's a growing number of people that have gotten disgusted with his attitude <clears throat> that we owe it to him. Yeah, you know, yeah. that he morally we're obligated to do this. Anything we do that we're the evil monster devil by, by not <clears throat> continuing all and he comes over with a list yeah. I want this 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 <laughs> and he got it. why not he he did get it for, yeah. for a long time now now he's the, the treasury is bare and they we have to talk about our budget and uh, that problem is only starting so uh, but I am glad there's some people doing it but unfortunately you know to have somebody stand up coming from the libertarian position and the progressive Democrats we uh, we see, uh, you know, Thomas still being pretty lonely, and, yeah. and this should be an opportunity to, for people to be more principled. 
Well, the mag and I have not read the entire article, <coughs> I will say, but I've read some summaries of it, and it looks to be <coughs> devastating. And here's, if we can go to that next clip, here are a few points. And this, uh, this tweet was recommended by Glenn Greenwald as the best summary of the article. Um, this is um, from Kanakoa the Great. He posted this on Twitter X. He said, just in, Time Magazine reports that Ukraine struggles to rally financial support after its failed counteroffensive amid allegations of widespread corruption. And here are a few bullet points from the article. A top Ukrainian presidential <coughs> advisor warns that, quote, people are stealing like there's no tomorrow when asked about bribes and corruption. Second point, 59% of Americans don't want Congress to provide more weapons to Kiev. That's up from 35% in June, almost doubled. It's amazing. Next point, the southeastern fifth of Ukraine, where the population is predominantly Russian speakers, remains under Russian control. Next point, Zelensky's close advisor warns that, quote, he deludes himself. We're out of options. We're not winning. But try telling him that. And I, I'm not necessarily comparing Zelensky to Hitler, but you kind of get that vision of what it must have like, been like in the bunker when they're saying, you know, my Fuhrer or whatever, look, we're losing across the front. I don't want to, it said that movie, I don't want to hear it, I don't want to hear it. So go to the next one. Just a couple more points from the article, I think, if you don't mind, Dr. Paul, because I think it's very important. <coughs> I mean, this is one of, the, one of the house organs of the elites. Uh, Ukraine's shortage of, so of soldiers is more dire than its deficit in arms and ammunition. Now, you can send more arms and ammo, but unless we're going to draft Americans, you can't send more soldiers, Dr. Paul. Uh, the death goal has surpassed 100,000 on each side. They're drafting the elderly. Corruption remains widespread, despite Zelensky firing numerous officers and defense minister. Zelensky's worried that the focus of Ukraine's allies in the U.S. and Europe and the global media has already shifted to Israel, Palestine, and Gaza. That's true. And this person who posted it uh, concluded by saying, why are Time Magazine and the corporate media now starting to throw Ukraine and Zelensky under the bus? Good question. <laughs> that sure is. You know, um, when wars end, usually you hear, hear hints about it coming because there will be temporary ceasefires and ceasefires per se and, and, and negotiations and talk. Uh, but right now, uh, the, in the two areas that we've been talking about, Netanyahu says never, 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 never ceasefire and negotiate. Yeah. But that's what the Zelensky is saying, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that, that leaves a little room for hope, and people will say that is surrender. Well, maybe you're surrendering to idiocy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, this thing shouldn't have been started. It's poorly run, and uh, you have to add up. Because if, if you really want to understand these issues, I claim you have to know and emphasize history a lot more than they do. I mean, <clears throat> the thing in, in, uh, in uh, the Middle East didn't start last year. Yeah, that's right. And it's been, in, been there, I say it started in 1948. Yeah. You know, and even before that, there were plans laid. And you say, well, you disagree. Well, yeah, people can disagree, but there are other ways of achieving those things. But, uh, but now, <clears throat> when, when they say, I'm not going to talk to them, and we're never going to have a ceasefire, and, uh, and uh, how, how many more people will die yeah. over it, you know? Uh, it's supposed to be the sign of ultimate uh, uh, weakness uh, to start talking about peace. But maybe, maybe 
talking about it and negotiating might be a sign somebody has a brain that's uh, still working to a degree that we ought to start t talking about why this can't be settled otherwise. But, but it, that's not to say that would be an e easy negotiation, but it would at least give a hip because the only people, they can't have negotiations at the United Nations or someplace. They need the negotiation between the two people who are fighting, you know. Yeah. The two groups have to come together and they have to be honest. Now that's a real challenge. Two people representing the fighting factions and both sides uh, have one pledge. We're gonna you know, be honest with each other. Maybe, maybe some accomplishment would be yeah. achieved. Well, the neocons keep dragging us into this. They dragged us into the Russia thing. They dragged us into Iraq and Libya. They're dragging us into this Israel-Gaza thing. They never say they're sorry when it turns to be a complete disaster, you know. <laughs> they never say, well, sorry, you know, maybe we'll hold off. So, anyway, there's a follow-up on something we talked about yesterday, and this is something that we noticed on Anti-War this morning. Um, if you go to the next one. Uh, the Pentagon <laughs> reports that U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria have been attacked 23 times since October 17th which is very, very recently, just a couple of weeks, less than a couple of weeks, 23 attacks. Go to the next clip from this article. Uh, Lebanon's Al-Mayadeen reported there were more attacks on U.S. forces in Iraq and Syria on Monday, which is yesterday, which have not been confirmed by the Pentagon. So in addition to this 23, it looks like have, there have been more attacks. These attacks are obviously increasing it uh, looks like they're becoming more accurate. And to me, Dr. Paul, it sounds like Biden is heading for a Lebanon moment, but he doesn't have the wisdom that President Reagan had. You know, I, I, I dread even thinking this thought, but these guys are going to get a lucky shot and they're going to kill a lot of American soldiers who are needlessly in the region. Yeah, it doesn't look like we're going to get those two people together that I suggest yeah. and talk it over first. But no, that <clears throat> that that is a horrible situation that's coming about there. So <clears throat> I would I would think that uh, people will uh, <clears throat> wake up if they have the right information, and that that is the most difficult thing. But then again. You know, a month ago, would you or I sit here and say, wait one month, things are going to change. Time magazine's going to change yeah, our yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, so, uh, and, and a lot of times it's, <clears throat> it's sad, <clears throat> but uh, it will be a non-event when Zelensky changes his mind. Yeah. He, he'll have nobody there. He'll have no troops. Well, he doesn't have the troops now. Yeah. He can't get them. They can't even get, they can't even draft anymore. Yeah. But they, the one thing they don't really talk about are some of the real victims and the invisible victims. Like, uh, why, why would an American citizen uh, have to care about this? They care about how much they're paying for bread. Yeah, yeah. But maybe they're related. Maybe, maybe they're related to all this endless spending and interference and sanctions, trade wars going on and all these things. And then who, who suffers? It's not the people working for the military industrial complex. It's the people that are just trying to squeeze a, a, a living. I find it interesting uh, economic statistic why, you know, in this day and age where salaries are so high and the unions have been around and said wages seem to be decent, that uh, there's so many strikes. Yeah. It's because 
you know, uh, I think there is a problem with everybody in that working category that find that they're being taxed, but yeah. they don't realize they better be addressing this subject and sending $120 billion to yeah. Ukraine. Yeah, hopefully they'll wake up. Well, I'm going to close out. I think we're ready. I'm going to close out with a cringe warning. And I hate to do this, but I have to do it. Put on that next clip. So Tony Blinken, he went over to the White House. It's Halloween today, Dr. Paul. We didn't even dress up. We should have. But Tony Blinken dresses up his kids. And I don't want to denigrate the kids. I'm sure they're sweet kids. He dresses up his kids, his daughter, like in the Ukraine flag. And he dresses up his son like Zelensky. And that's how he takes The kid probably wants to be a T-Rex or something like that. Are you a superhero? No. Put this on. Put on this old T-shirt. Dresses him up like Zelensky. <laughs> takes him over to the White House to get some, some stuff. You know, and someone else commented, and in fact, Zelensky is probably the perfect Halloween costume because you go around begging for yeah. free stuff. So, uh, man, I feel sorry for these poor kids having such a weirdo for a dad. Um, let the kid dress like a dinosaur or something. So, anyway, that's out for me, Dr. Paul. Well, and one short comment about this. I was never too excited about Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> for, for some reason, it didn't get, catch, I didn't catch on that. I didn't understand why we were doing all that. But uh, I did look for the candy. Yeah, I have that's to what the kids like. Yeah. <laughs> and that's good for the dentist. <laughs> that's <laughs> <You know>. true. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I want to make certain that our viewers uh, understand how much we appreciate your attendance and coming and making comments and lis listening and watching online live stream too. That uh, technology is very fascinating to me. And uh, I think that uh, we uh, talk about difficult things and, uh, and have no, no pat answer for everything. But I'm still pleased with the amount of people we do reach because uh, our numbers are important and they give us uh, you know, reassurances and get us excited when a lot of people show interest. But the truth is we're looking for quality people who want to think about the serious matter of what, a, what it's like to live in a free country, why the Constitution is important, and why we all have an obligation to work to protect this uh, whole principle of, of liberty. And that's where I see we're making progress, and it's sort of an invisible thing, but uh, maybe that's why we have surprises all one. We didn't know that. People were saying, you know, uh, that things, things are getting better. I'm just hoping that the so-called slight improvement over the criticism of lockdown from the last, uh, the COVID uh, uh, mess that we were in, uh, will help us, you know, continue to correct the faults of what happened then, as well as, as not allowing them to prepare for the next one. So it's very important that we know history, but it's very important to know and understand current events. And it's very important to pick out something that we can all contribute to, to, uh, to making sure that people want to move in the direction of peace and prosperity. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today to the Liberty Report. Please come back soon.